0: Well, hey there, this is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted podcast, the podcast by me, of course, Kim Constable, aka The Sculpted Vegan, but all things strong and of course all things sculpted. Now... What I've got for you this week? Well, we have an interview with an absolutely incredible woman called Trisha Lewis. Now, Trisha first came to me through my very good friend, Brian Keene, who many of you will know because I interviewed him on my podcast. And then he interviewed me on his podcast, and we were feeling the love. And so he messaged me um, a couple of weeks ago and he said, Kim, have you ever heard of Trisha Lewis, Trisha's transformation? And I said, No, never have. Why? And he said, you have to follow her. She's absolutely epic. And he said, she makes an amazing podcast guest. He said, I interviewed her on my podcast. She is brilliant. She's so chatty, so friendly, but apart from anything, she is so real. So I was like, okay, I have to find out about this Trisha's transformation. So I started following her on Instagram and I just loved her stories. Oh my God. Her Instagram stories are so funny. And of course she's Irish. So she's, you know, I relate to her very well. She's a, a very different accent to mine. So hopefully you'll understand her. But, you know, I just really felt that we connected on such a deep level. She's such a desire to help people. And so I invited her to be on the podcast and her interview is here today. So um, why is Trisha even worth listening to? Well, Patricia, um, at her very heaviest, uh, tipped the scales at one hundred and seventy-two kilograms. One hundred and seventy-two kilograms. That's like, let me just multiply that out of my calculator now. Uh, that is three hundred and seventy-eight pounds, right? Three hundred and seventy-eight pounds at her heaviest, and she, uh, in one year, managed to lose one hundred pounds, and she's still going. She's gone from a size thirty. To UK size 30, don't even know what that is in America, to a um, UK size 16. And not only that, she has a massive Instagram following, a huge Instagram following, and she is just the best funniest, wittiest, most wonderful, genuinely warm person you will ever meet as well as she has a really interesting story. So today um, you're going to hear all about her story, exactly how she lost the weight. It's not what you think. And um, I just know you're going to love her as much as I do. So before we go to the interview, um, I want to remind you that if you leave a review on the sculpted Sculpted. I keep wanting to say the sculpt and shred, sculpted vegan. There's just too many bloody sculpted things in my life. <laughs> On the Strong and Sculpted podcast, you could win one of our programs, including the eight week butt camp program, which launches. Today, if you haven't heard about it, oh my God, yeah, a little bit of housekeeping before we get into Trisha's interview, the eight-week butt camp program, oh my God, sculpt and shred your glutes, exactly what I did to sculpt the most incredible set of glutes, if I do say so myself. Now, I didn't do it in eight weeks, I did mine in four years, but I basically put together everything I learned about about building glutes and about shredding body fat and culminated it into is that even a word culminated uh condensed it I think is probably better into an eight-week program which launches today with an absolutely amazing, amazing cash prize. We're offering $10,000 to the person who makes the biggest transformation, $3,000 to second prize, $1,000 to third, $500 to fourth, and $250 to fifth. So you could be in it and win loads of cash and have buns of steel. As well. So, if you want to hear more about the eight week butt camp, simply go to our website, thesculptedvegan.com, or go to my Instagram. It'll be posted there as well. You can find out more about the eight week butt camp. It's only $97. It comes with meal plans, with um, uh, generic, well, you can calculate your own macros or do the meal plans. You can have the training programs. It can be done from home or in the gym, either or. Um, And so, I hope that you're going to love it as much as I do. That launches today. Check it out. And before we even think about the 8-Week Buck Camp, let's go and talk to Trisha. So, hey Trisha, how are you? I'm really good. How are you keeping him? I am so good. I should say hello again, because we've already done this this podcast recording, but now it was so good. We just decided to do it again. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I know, Groundhog Day. Well, listen, I would never pass up the opportunity to have another chat with you live, because you're one yeah. of my favorite people to follow and to chat with. So, But obviously, my followers don't know who you are. So I'm just going to read out like a little bit of information about you, if that's okay, and then we'll just dive Perfect. straight
1: in. Excellent. Yeah, for- okay.
0: So Trisha Lewis is a 32-year-old woman. Isn't that right? You're 32? Yeah. Okay. Trisha too. Trisha Lewis, thirty-two-year-old woman, has touched the hearts of people struggling with weight loss and life's challenges by revealing, with honesty, compassion, and a lot of laughs, how she has overcome her own. So, just before her thirtieth birthday, after becoming deeply depressed and morbidly obese, Trisha decided to face her demons and turn her life around. She has lost—wait for it—forty-five kilos, which is a hundred pounds in twelve months after tipping the scales at 165 kilos which is 363 pounds I honestly had to look at that again that number just to make sure that that was actually correct shocking um, not shocking sh- I mean shocking that you've lost yeah, all that no weight amazing I, like- um, Trisha has appeared on radio in newspapers podcasts and received a standing ovation on the Irish talk show The Late Late Show she has amassed 108 I think it might be more now is it 108,000 followers 116 on Instagram. 116 <laughs> my information it's is amazing. incorrect um, and her Instagram is called Trisha's Transformation, which is basically a documentation of her journey and which is like an open diary. And today she has decided to share her journey with us. Trisha, um, it's really weird having someone read your bio, isn't it? You're like, oh, these
1: nice things people are saying about yeah. me. But I love it. I'm going I'm, I'm very, I suppose that's the newest thing. me. Like, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. No, I'm not kind of like, I will go So that kind of typical Irish response and someone yes. compliments you. I'll be like, why, well, thank you, Kim. Yes. Thank
0: you. <laughs> and the more affirmation you get, the better it makes you feel and the more yeah, energy it gives yeah. you to continue in your journey.
1: And it's so cool when you read it out, it's more kind of a, oh my God, is she talking about me there? I know. That it's a bit, it's a bit like pinch me. So it's really, really cool.
0: Oh, it's lovely. Well, listen, what I want to do to get started is I would love to go back to the beginning. Okay. So you tipped the scales at 165 kilos at your heaviest. How? It was
1: more. Was it more? What was it? Previous to that, I had weighed in for a gastric bypass and I was at 27 stone, which... Yeah, I, don't, I don't
0: know, you know, kilos, we weigh in stones. I do, I do understand stone, but I don't, I don't understand the conversion
1: to kilos to pounds. Um, well, it was at, I remember when I got weighed in that day in the consultation room, I was at 27 stone one. And so that's the highest on record, let's say. So that's 379 pounds. Wow. Which is 172 kilos. Oh my goodness! So there you are. I, I love think. that
0: you're actually giving yourself more kilos now. But well, totally. I'm like, oh, I don't
1: to take them away. I was a hundred
0: stone. <laughs> That's a lie. Oh no! So listen. Oh my god. Like unbelievable. What? Well, here's what I want to ask. Right? Okay. And so this was going to be my first question how on earth did that happen trisha and i know you're probably like oh yeah well one day i went to sleep and the next day i woke up and i was you know i was i was 100 pounds heavier than i had been the day before it did not happen that way obviously but how did it like talk us through you know your life up until that point and how that actually all came to yeah. pass that you did end up so heavy
1: um i think like i'm I think it's an easy answer of saying too much food, not enough exercise. And that is the main the main reason because you know yourself more than anyone. And I say the listeners know it's calories in versus calories out. I was eating too many calories and I wasn't burning them off. But I think there was a lot more factors to it. Um, There's a lot of complacency, a lot of kind of like, I'll be able to fix this tomorrow. Like I didn't go through my life being like, nah, I don't care about weight. There was always something on my mind since I was like, eight years of age and the first kid had said to me they fat or something like that and I was like what what do you say what does that mean so it never kind of left me since then but I always thought I would fix it and a lot of people um think that this is my first attempt that this is my first attempt at doing weight loss I have been doing weight like diets and programs and plans and shakes and tablets and everything since I'd say I'm going to say 17 years so I've lost over the years like five stone gained seven last three. So I guess it was a lot of complacency is what got me to here and not not facing the damage that I was doing to myself and not kind of addressing it. So I always assumed I'd fix it tomorrow. And then I explain as my book has just been launched last week where rock bottom hit and I felt like there was no going like forward or backwards that I had just I'd done all the damage I could do. Do you
0: know what I want to, I suppose what I want to touch on is, and this is what a lot of of things that I teach in my programs, a a lot of times people, like everyone knows what to do. There's a quote that I love, okay, and it says, uh, knowing what to do is useless without the emotional strength to do what you know. So everyone knows what to do. How how do you lose weight? Well, you eat less and you exercise more, right? I mean, literally, but there's a billion dollar industry built on losing weight. But if it were literally just a case of eat less and exercise more, everybody would be running around, you know, like looking like Kate Moss, but they're not. So I guess um, there is a real emotional aspect to it, isn't there? I think that that's one of the biggest things that I I see that you have overcome. It's a mindset rather than just a a now knowing how to eat less and exercise more. Would that be true?
1: Because that's the crazy part. Like I, I'm i the executive head chef of a beautiful restaurant in Cork City, Jacob's on the Mall. So I've always been surrounded by food. I actually prefer good food to bad food. I would always go for a pan-fried piece of cake with some tender stem broccoli over a Big Mac every day. But portion control would have been wrong. And obviously with with the industry, everybody knows exactly how to lose it and to gain it. But there's so much more involved. There's habits. There's You know, there's thoughts you have of yourself. There's worrying about too much, what other people, like putting way too much weight on other people's opinions. There is, you know, overthinking it and kind of being too hard on yourself. And I think that's the biggest part of my journey that I love. My mindset has totally changed. Like, I don't see weight as an actual problem. And I know people are like, "What? what the hell? 27 stone's a problem now, Trish. But a problem that can't be fixed is a problem. At the moment, COVID 19, that's a bit of a problem. But a problem that can be fixed is just an inconvenience. So I kind of look at my weight loss journey as, you know, for years you see people are like, oh, you have to kind of go to gym and, oh, look at her now, punishing herself in the gym for weight gain. When in fact, you know, you if someone is listening to this now and they're struggling, all it is is just creating newer habits, creating new beliefs, changing that mindset and just saying, I have a blueprint. I can now, I have the architecture of a 27 stone body. I can build my castle from this. So it's all just changing your mindset and looking at things positively. Like in a very, very weird way, twenty six stone was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I had these opportunities. So I can either look at it as it made me deeply depressed and I didn't want to live anymore or just say, right, how would a five-year-old look at this? Yeah, you got factored over it. And just, you know, as much as you can, give yourself the chance because I think with anybody with weight gain, and, and it's the same for me and you came like, that's where I've learned the most is my, my one pound is the exact same as a pound extra on you. It's the exact same feeling, exact same emotion. And just because a size six pence doesn't fit and you're now in a size eight, it's the same as me buying a size 30 pajamas. So I think that sometimes you can fall into the kind of poor me aspect and no one knows what it feels like when in fact everyone does. And we just all have to look out for each other and kind of go, listen, it's only a little bit of kilos. We'll get rid of it. You know, as long as you're alive and above the ground breathing, you just cannot give up. And that's what I did for years. I gave up on myself. I gave up on showering. I gave up on combing my hair. I just didn't. I gave up on coffee with my friends. All of those are the things that you can't give up on. Control those. Control the controllables, and you'll bring it back. I love that. And I actually want to touch on something that you said there,
0: because it reminded me of recently, um, we run a lot of advertising on Instagram for our programs whenever we are selling them. And I remember we were running advertising last year for the Sculpt and Shred program, which is our 18 month. And one of the, um, the ads of was me, you know, at, at, talking about the masterclass that we were running and walking around. And, and I was saying, you know, last year, you know, or years ago, whenever I was, you know, a mom of four, I just, you know, I had a um, I had some fat around my belly that I couldn't get rid of and I didn't know how to get rid of it. And I was like trying to, um, I, was, I was just discussing how I had come through my journey, you know, to, to where mm-hmm. I am now. And so we, we had not a lot of people, but you always get the people who, um, who write underneath it and they say, you know, uh, what's, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just be happy? What's wrong with a bit of fat in your belly? What's wrong with a bit of whatever, you know, you need to stop shaming mums. What's wrong with a mum tum? Your mum tum means that you're this and that, whatever. And I wrote a couple of comments underneath, cause I do reply to all the comments as my team do. And I wrote a couple of comments underneath and I said, you know, the two are not mutually exclusive. You can want to, you can improve your body want to improve your body from a place of love. It's not always from a place of hate. I think that people look at someone who's trying to transform their body, get rid of their mum tum or whatever that thing is that they're focusing on, right? That they want to get rid of, or they want to change. And they assume that you're doing it because you feel bad about yourself, and which is maybe the reason why many people start. But I said to them, there's many women join my program. They don't feel bad about themselves. They actually love themselves. They're very happy with who they are, but they have these things that they want to change. Kind of like you can look at your house and you can say, I love my home. This is a wonderful, place to be. I feel so safe and content here, but definitely this room could do with a bit of a makeover. It could do with a new lick of paint. It could do yes. with a new sofa. We get, I could get a new television. We could put some pictures on the wall, some cushions. It doesn't mean that you hate your living room. It just means that you realize your living room needs an upgrade. And so I, I try to explain this to people that just because you want to change your body doesn't necessarily mean that you hate yourself. You can actually, you know, want to change from a place
1: of love. And it seems very much that you have reached that place. Is it, would that be true? Yeah. It's wonderful, it is wonderful, and and I do agree, I just think that people people shouldn't like give opinions on anything, just on like obviously there's freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to make your right bicep bigger than your left bicep, it's none of my business. I'm not going to lose sleep over it at night, and I love how people are proud and they're proud of their mumtums and all that kind of stuff, but that should be no reason why someone should leave a comment that might stop some lady who doesn't want to have the moment and wants to just from a place of love kind of go, I'll get rid of it there. And it's a challenge for 18 months. That's where I think that the diet culture kind of frightens me. People are afraid to put left or right or, you know, to say, I feel big when they're ripped. Yeah, they do, because that's their feeling and they're entitled to have that. Right. You know, so that's where I'd love for people to just be kinder and not like, and I guess, I often I use the advice. I would never take the advice of somebody I wouldn't swap places with. Right. So just if anyone else is struggling, just kind of either ignore the comments or move, just whatever. Ignore yeah. the comments. I think is the best thing.
0: Yeah. What is it? What is that saying? Never, never take, never trust the opinion or something of someone who you wouldn't go to for advice or something. Which yeah. is just really good. It's straight on. Also, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one.
1: But I also think, in fairness to those people, that's coming from a lack of knowledge as well. That maybe they had the only diet culture they've seen is of you're fat. Now you must endure 12 months of awful squats. You're going to come out the other side and you're going to love the destination. Whereas that's the difference with me at the moment. I'm not waiting to be 12 stone to be happy. There's not a hope. I want to be happy every single day. And you know, even when I was three, five stone, 24 stone, 23 stone, and I was squashing in the gym, I still feel feel the same pride as I did this morning when I squashed it, because you'll never, and I, this is, this is what I always did. So round. I was like, I can't wait now until the day I go on the beach in Marbella and I'm going to be so thin. But sure that morning, I might have uh, stubbed my toe. You can control yeah. any of that, but I can control right now. And I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting to be accepted and thin and toned to love myself. I don't, I don't need the permission of others to feel that. Right. And I think if anyone is struggling, to do it. Go out there and own it. No matter what size you are. If you're 40 stone, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Because I don't go to sleep at night thinking, oh, I wonder, did Kim lose her mum <laughs> me? That's your thing. Same as but me. You're like, I wonder if she able to do a sit-up. It doesn't matter you. It doesn't change your life.
0: Right, exactly. I love that. I love that. And here, let me ask you something. You grew up in Cork, is that right?
1: Limerick. Limerick. Oh, Limerick. Yeah. And tell me, what kind of a childhood did you have? Wonderful. And I really did. And I'm not just saying that just for podcasts. I have eight sisters. And we all no brothers. We all kind of grew up. Now, obviously we didn't grow up like the Brady Bunch holding hens or and or like we were lunatics. Like I don't know how my mother, you know, we spent days father? playing. Did, you, you, oh my did God. your
0: parents stay together? Were they? dated, yeah. Oh God, love them. How, like was there were three girls in my house and I only have one girl and I often look at my mom and I say, I don't know how you coped with three because one is hard
1: work. Eight, nine, was there nine in your family? Nine, yeah. So there's nine girls. So there was 11 of us growing up and we grew up on a dairy farm. Like dad is as deaf as you could be, which is no surprise. Um, But (laughs) we just had fun. We spent like, it was an active childhood. Like, and the thing is, as opposed to growing up in rural Ireland with eight sisters, you know, it's not like I was, next door to a shop where I'd be getting cans of Coke and sweets and stuff. So it was always rare than good food. So my problem with food was always portion control. But as, as a whole, like my sisters would have never bullied me. You know, there was none of... You hear somebody and they have a story. And they say, right, this happened, that happened. I don't have any of that. I grew up like in the countryside with... Just crack and cabbie houses and you know, we spent years borrowing each of stuff and yeah, of course we argued and fought and you know, there was clicks and you wanted to regard to the cooler click and but the memories I have of childhood is just love.
0: Yeah, it sounds really exactly is. like my childhood. We grew up on a, actually, well, what used to be a dairy farm, but it wasn't a dairy farm anymore, right in the country. If you wanted to go somewhere, you had to walk or cycle. You know, I had two sisters and I had a very similar, you know, very similar upbringing, which is, it's definitely the Irish. I think it must be the, very much the Irish culture. Um, but let me ask you, what was the tipping point when you decided to change? So, you, you know, was it like you woke up one day and you looked in the mirror and you realized you were, you know, because you said before, sorry, I'm going to reframe. So, you said that you'd lost weight before, you'd lost five stone, put on seven or whatever. What made this time different?
1: Was there a pivotal moment or something that happened? Um, I think I knew at this stage that if I didn't change it, it was going to kill me. Whether I was going to do it myself or wait, I was going to get a heart attack or a stroke. But I remember my sister Anne-Marie, like I have eight sisters and they've all equally tried in the past. Like They never pussyfooted around it. They were either good cop, bad cop, fitness cop. They tried everything. Mm -hmm. It seems to have worked this time with Anne-Marie, but my sister Anne-Marie was pregnant and she's just above me in age and it was her first baby, and just by the look of God, we were both at home on a Sunday on our own, and she rang me quite distressed, and she said, come down, um, there's a problem with the bump, I'm bleeding, I don't know what's happening, so of course, I came straight down with the car, picked her up, and we sped to Cork, she was crying the whole way up, I was terrified, I was trying to reassure her, I was like, grand, we'll get this started, my heart was in my mouth, and we landed to Cork, and in CUMH, she got a scan away, everything was fine with the baby, thank God. But I do believe, and I and wouldn't be the most spiritual people, but I believe that that was a sign that was meant to have happened. And so we just sit and we'd wait for like seven or eight hours until we she got seen properly by the midwife and you know there are people there, so it was all fine. So we went in after hours and I remember the only outlet I had was bingo on a Sunday night. And I was so cross with her, I was like, For God's sake, like there's nothing wrong with the baby. And my sister was like, Will I go up and swap? And I was like, No, I'll just stay with her. And I've never had kids, so I went in to see um, Because I was like, look, if I'm waiting here eight hours, Annie, yeah. I'm seeing that scan in love. Yeah. So we went in and he's a little happy, filled the whole room. And it's such a cliche, but that was the moment that my whole world came crashing down because I am. I'm notoriously the aunt that kids adore. Like I, I knew there and then that he wasn't going to know me. Like or he have known the obese Trish that didn't love herself very much. And I didn't want to be like, he needs to know what it's like to have an aunt. That'll push all boundaries, have the best crack ever and get away with it with her sisters. I'd be like, leave me alone. I'll take the rack for it, you know. So the doctor continued, the midwife continued on the examination. I, I left the room because it was all private and stuff like that. And when I came out, my sister came straight at me. She was crying and I knew it was coming. And she was like, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but this is your fault. I can't eat. I can't sleep. And she was like, how am I meant to enjoy my little baby coming into this world when my baby sister's going to go with me? So I was like, Annie, I'm so scared. And it was awful. It was really awful. Like, I, I felt really bad that that was the pressure she put on her. Soap. But I did. And I think if anyone's listening now, they'll understand. I blocked her. I ignored her. We drove home that night. I swore the next morning I'd start. All of this kind of stuff. So two weeks later, I woke up and I, I my, my sleep was gone. I couldn't sleep because I kept... My breath kept going. You know, I couldn't sleep in my back. When I was on my side, everything was just heaved over. It was just really awful. And I was a text came into my phone through WhatsApp. And it was at Marie and said, this is the first Monday of February. Is Will you just do me one favor? I'm not asking you to lose weight. I'm not asking you any of that. Will you just promise swear on the bumps life, you'll try. And I was like, "No." I sent her back an honest message. I said, I give up. I said, I'm turning 30 next month. And the only thing I've ever achieved in my life is I've got fatter. I'm so sorry for all of this. Every one of you need to move on. And I'm sorry for all the hurt I've caused. And that was the moment. That was the moment when I put it all back on myself. I said, I gained the weight. I hadn't exercised. And I took ownership. And I remember just sitting up going, is this it? Are you actually, you're 29 years of age, are you do, are you giving up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And I said, you're not. I was like, get up, get up. And I remember, this will show you how bad things were for me. I'd be very bubbly and I'm a very happy person always. But those two years, between 2017, and 2018 were awful. I don't know how I got out of them, but I remember mum was telling me that she rang the girls and she said, "Let's someone after saying something to her here now because there's something different. And I asked her what was different. And she said, you open the windows. So it just shows that small things she went there's something, there's hope. And I within an hour, I was standing in front of the gym and I was crying. And I said, look, you can't leave me walk back out of here. I need help from somebody. And in fairness, they took me under their wing. And afterwards, Emma was my personal trainer, said that I was one of the most depressed clients she's ever sat in front of. And they spoke afterwards I said, lads, I don't know, what she be back? I'm not too sure. And I did. I turned back up the next day and that's what I did. Every single day, I took a day day by day, and I just turned up. And that was the only thing. And she said that. She said, all I need is 30 minutes from you. Leave all your shit outside the door. 23 and a half hours a day, I can't control you. But when you come in, I want you to wipe the floor with you. And I was like, I win. And that was it. That's how my journey started. Wow. It is such an amazing story.
0: Like I actually welled up a bit there whenever you were talking about your sisters, because I think it's, it's so personal to me as well. Like I can feel, I have that kind of relationship with my sisters too. And I think what I was thinking in my head, as you were describing your journey, it's almost like, it would almost be like watching one of your siblings kill themselves, like be with with drugs or something, like be a drug addict. You know, we, we don't equate, you know, uh, equate it in the same way, but it, you know, to actually real, you know, to watch your sister, go through that and get to that size and realize that, you know, because at some point it puts a lot of strain on your heart, your lungs, your liver, your organs, your your body starts to break down.
1: I mean, I'm sure your health was suffering. I'm sure that oh, was it was awful. That and thought. I was smoking heavily, which I've I've kicked that habit. But I even for when I was writing the book, I'd asked my sisters, could they put in just some some snippet for someone reading it they might be struggling? And it broke my heart to read what they wrote back like Maura is a beautiful sister of mine. She said she'd wake up in the middle of the night like in a complete panic attack and she'd wake her husband and he'd have to like console her. And she's like, well, I just go up now and wake her and talk to her. She couldn't breathe. And my sister, but if anyone's listening and they do have a family member in that position, my sister wrote a great line. She was like, jump on every single bandwagon you can possibly jump on because someday you'll be driving in the Rolls Royce with them. So just keep going and never, never, never not believe they can do it because it's just so frightening. I feel sorry for family members because now I see the damage I'd done with them and you know, they, they would be all glam and nights out and I'd be like, they don't care. When in fact, they were like, God, I wish she was out with us. And they'd spend many a night in a pub having DMCs going, how do we fix her?" Whereas I only seen the picture on Instagram of all the four girls looking fabulous and I would feel resentment. So it's just, and it is true. You are watching your own, your sibling kill themselves in a way. Like they don't care what size I am. They were just like, we just want you to be happy and healthy and we'd lost our Trish. So we're back. <laughs> Oh, it's
0: such a beautiful story. It's such a beautiful story. And let me ask you, did you start with a fitness plan? Like you, you said about going to the gym, did you have a specific plan
1: that you were working on when you first started? No, um, we just went in and I just didn't want calorie count. I didn't want any of that. I was just a little bit nervous. I was like, take it day by day. So obviously Emma, my trainer took, like did the training. So I did three times a week personal training for half an hour and that was it. That was it, and for the first forty weeks, I lost sixty-seven pounds oh by God. just that. I didn't calorie count. I just, I made sure any food that went into my mouth was perishable. It would go off in the, it would go off in the fridge, go off in the shelf. It wasn't processed. You know, I was using. I was trying to apply as much common sense as possible, and that's how easy. But I mean, like a lot of people will say, "Oh, like oh, you're amazing after two weeks." Don't believe that. It took me two months to even kind of look in the mirror like obviously you know with gyms there's mirrors everywhere but there was a private personal training studio like and, and from the girl I am now on Instagram that I don't care I, like him I would throw up my my leg and i be like there's yeah. my leg I don't care I really don't care what what I look like I I love who I am I trained with my back turned to a mirror for two months I wouldn't even look in the mirror and I would never mind going on the gym floor because I was terrified of being a, a picture taken of me or just hating how I looked, and then Emma said one day I just walked in. I was like, "Man, we'll go upstairs and we'll And I never looked back because nobody, nobody mocked me in the gym. The gym is not where people are going to hurt you. The gym is full of people, full of endorphins, and in fact, you're kind of nearly motivation for them. They're like, "Right, we better up our games, or we'll end up in that situation." But I've only ever, ever had support, so that's how it was. Just a program of turning up every single day, and obviously, then as the months went on and the more cocky I got, I was like, "Right, I want to do box jumps," and they were like. Maybe we'll wait a little bit. And I was like, "No," because I'm doing this. So at 21 stone, I leaped up in a box and I never stopped.
0: Wow, I love that. That was you leaping under your pedestal. You were like, "Yeah, I'm yeah." Under your, uh, I was going to say under your throne, but that kind of really doesn't make uh, make make sense. But listen, I, you know what I, um, what I loved about what you were saying as well was just that you made the decision. It seems like you just made the decision to start. Like you weren't, you didn't make it too complicated. What I find with many people who join my programs. Um, I, I actually did a podcast yesterday, which is going out this week, about uh, intermittent fasting and about you know fad diets and that kind of stuff, and about how people launch you know launch themselves into these these diets because they're like I call them the get rich quick schemes of the fitness world. Everybody's looking for the quick fix, the quick fix, the quick fix. But what I usually say to people is start with what you've got and do what you can, and only do that. Don't put you know because people go, "Why oh, I can never lose weight because then I have to count macros and count calories and to go to the gym and do cardio and schedule this in. I don't have enough time because." They make it so big that they could never, ever, ever achieve it. But it seems like you didn't do that. It seems like you just started with what you've got and you just you just committed to showing up and that was kind of the commitment
1: that you made to yourself and then that has led to something much greater, obviously. 100%. And I think that's where the get-rich-quick scheme is all based on motivation. When you know more than anyone, the motivation doesn't exist. No. It is just a myth. Discipline. And it's discipline and it's just habit so I swore to myself and obviously when Annie's bump she made me swear on the bump's life that I would try so I obviously had a why and you know I I was a bit afraid if I didn't go to the gym because I've done that before where I've lied going to gyms and been like oh yeah the doms are killing me and I wouldn't have been in the gym and they all knew that so I suppose my biggest advice to somebody is just find a little why find a little date random like I my first day at the gym was on a Tuesday you know, I joined up on the Monday and I went to the Tuesday. You don't need to start on the first of the month. It can be any moment you decide to change your life. And what I did was I, there was 19 weeks at a bump. So that was my target. So we had a little WhatsApp group and we changed the name But every single week. And it was 18 weeks, 10 pound target. You know, and by the, I remember the, so it was 19 weeks to bump 19 pounds was my target. By the end, I'd like 52 off. So you just keep fine little things and the small little steps become huge goals. And then I finally got to meet the beautiful Denny on the 21st of June and I never thought I'd be this person but I bawled. I was like, look at you there because for some reason I felt like he was the light. Like he's new life, give me new life. And, he, and on his little baby girl, it says, Trisha, will you be my godmother? So he is just smitten Aww. by there. I love him. Like he can do no wrong. I'm like, it of order? course. Well, you
0: are like the perfect aunt. They can never do any wrong when you're the perfect Oh, never. Aunt. Well, yeah. so you can, but I'm like, stop I'm the really fun older. aunt as well. So I completely I understand am. that. And you know what I loved about what you said? And I find this too. I think that, um, because you know I obviously have success on Instagram, right? And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, I find that uh, whenever I first started on Instagram, the only people who, like I was terrified of really, truly being myself, you know? Because you think that everyone's judging you because I guess the only time you've ever... Um, real. Anytime you've ever put yourself out there, we are judged. Like, I'm sure you had the hateful comments when you were younger. I'm sure, you know, you talked about getting the first someone saying you were fat whenever you were nine. You know, I'm sure over the years there were some hurtful things said to you. And, and but if you look back in it, you can probably pinpoint maybe on, a, on one hand how many really hurtful things were said. So the problem is then we take that into the world and we go, well, I don't want to start on Instagram because what, like, you know, I'm going to get an avalanche of hurtful comments. But actually, what happens is usually the opposite. The more vulnerable we are, the more, we show our true selves, our whole selves. And the yes, of course you're always going to get the people who are going to judge you because that's just life. But actually what you find is people say to me every day on Instagram, they go, like, Kim, I love you because you're so real. Like if I'm pissed, I put up, I say I'm pissed. I'm like, I when I mean pissed, I mean drunk. I'll be like, yeah. fuck me, I must be plastered. You know, and people are like, oh my God, I love you. You know, I'm yeah. like, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not drunk, when I'm absolutely hammered and I'm okay with drinking. I'm perfectly okay with my decision to drink. And so they always say I love you for it. But so I think what you realize is, and I wanna know if you've felt this too the more you are vulnerable, the more you expose yourself, the more you expose yourself sounds completely wrong, but yeah. you know, or you, um, the more you share that the most vulnerable parts of yourself, the more support you get, but then that support drives you on, doesn't it? It makes you realize, holy shit, there's a whole crowd of people who are behind me here rooting for me and supporting me. And it makes you then want to want to do more and more. Have you found that as well?
1: hundred percent. Like, you know, you said there might be five or six, moments there was a lot of moments where people would have been very cruel like even when I was on an airplane and they caused commotion they wanted to be moved and everybody was staring and it was just like oh this is an hour of flight I understand you need comfort but like I'm not made of stone I've made of a lot of stones but please stop shaming me just because I'm bigger like you know I was just there's a lot a lot of moments that have happened but I ironically set up my Instagram page because I had too many friends on Facebook and I didn't want them to know about it. So. I think the reason why my Facebook, Instagram page became like within within a day, I think at about 2,000 followers, I was like, oh, holy shit. I was like, they're all the people from Facebook after arriving over. I'm like, this is after backfiring a small bit it was because I never set that Instagram page up for anyone else but me. The reason I set that up was accountability to myself. So I was going to write exactly how I felt in that moment so that whenever, because I knew what I was like, I would ride the wave and I would keep going and then I'd be flying and I'd be happy out and then I'd start having a few drinks and this, and before I knew it, I would fell off again. So I wanted to write down exactly how bad or how good I felt so that when I was slipping, I would read that for myself. And I think that's when you say it's real and stuff, it's the realest thing I've ever wrote. And that's why I think, because sometimes I find with Weight loss blogs, they can be very sad. And I'm like, what? I'm like, don't be sad. Come on, show me the good side. Like, did you go out last night? Did you get a new dress on? Are you wearing no tights? Like, like, and I find that the reason why I set it up as well, and then maybe every day until I goes right, I might have something here that could help somebody else. So sometimes I find with transformation pages, the person is already there. And I was like, why don't I go with the journey and see where it brings me? And it not to bring me to here, which is bananas. If you had have come to me for advice, the marketing
0: guru, not that we knew each other then, the people do come to me for advice all the time and they say, how did you grow your Instagram following so big? And I say to them, I posted my transformation because mine was similar to yours in that I decided that I was going to be a, I was going to stand on stage as a bikini athlete. I was a mom of four. I had never stepped foot in a gym. I was a skinny yoga teacher. And I decided I was going to transform myself into a bikini athlete. And I started posting all of my journey on Instagram. So I posted, you know, all my meals and what I was eating and what I was training and about my trainer. And I posted everything that I was doing. And people love to follow a journey they want to be involved in the journey. I get people writing to me now and they say, oh my God, I have followed you from 2017. I only started my Instagram account in 2017 and they'll say, you know, uh, from you were a skinny yoga teacher in 2017, I have followed you and look at you now. You know, they they feel proud to have been yeah. there from the very beginning of that journey and people love to be, you know, as part of a journey but most of us want to hide our journey and they want to say, you know, oh, I'll just put, you know, I a couple of girls in my my uh, Sculpt and Shred program recently, I, I, I always check in in the Facebook groups every day and some of them were saying, yeah, Yesterday, oh, you know, I'm in phase three. And phase three is a real muscle building phase. It's where they put on a little bit of fluff. Usually, they're not their skinniest. We're not trying to lose weight. We're trying to build muscle. And one of them said, "Oh, I haven't. You know, I'm I'm four weeks or five weeks into phase three, and I've avoided the mirror. I haven't taken a photograph the whole of phase three. And I posted. I was like, No, you must document your journey because your transformation is going to be epic. You want to look back and say, Look how big? Yeah, look at what I was. Not even how big I was, but just look at me there and look at me now. I said, I have taken photographs." Every single day, many, many photographs of me, of my body, of my transformation from the very beginning to now, which is why I can say, here was me then, here was me then, here was me then, here was me then. And you can look at the different stages and you can document, you can show people with your own body what the different stages look like. And I think that that is why, well, apart from anything, you know, you invited people into your journey, you invited them into your story, but then you were just vulnerable and real. You know, like I love following your Instagram. I love watching your stories. I watch them every day. It's so funny because you know that you're not going to get a whole load of, hey guys, like a lot of, you know, here's my perfect life or whatever. Yeah. It's like, fuck me, I'm still sitting there. There's one day I was watching and you were like, uh, okay, I'm definitely going to go and do my workout. And then i an hour later nope still oh, sitting here. what is
1: the procrastination no, you'll be sitting there you're yeah. like right I did work out and then an hour later I'm like how? Oh, what am I still sitting here and it's not like I fill it with doing jobs like cleaning drawers I'm literally sitting there going I don't want to do this workout this is so annoying but then when I have it done I'm like god I can't wait till tomorrow tomorrow's yeah. going to be awesome and I do the same thing again and again
0: Totally. Every so I do it every single week when I train legs with my trainer. Like, and I I wake up in the morning. I go, I'm not gonna work as heavy today. I think
1: my right knee's a wee
0: bit sore. I'm definitely not gonna whatever. And I talk myself and talk myself and talk myself out it. And then after I finished, I'm like, yes, that was epic. I could have done two more reps. I feel amazing. I feel well. I don't because usually feel sick for about an hour afterwards. And I usually do vomit after leg day. But you know, but but then afterwards, I'm like, I don't know what that was. I wasn't so bad. I'm not you know whatever. And then I go through the whole process again. But listen, tell me about your Instagram then. So your Instagram's called Trisha's Transformation. So I want everybody listening to go and follow you because you think she's fun here. Let me tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. She's absolutely (laughs) hilarious. And I think that people, you know, people love someone who can make them laugh, you know, and I think that is you love to follow someone who, you know, who who makes you laugh. And Trisha, you absolutely do. Like you are so humble and you're, how you put yourself across and, and just sharing every part of yourself, the highs, the lows, the procrastination, the feeling before, the feeling after. That's what people can relate to. But your Instagram has grown has grown quite quickly. And was that from you just um just posting yourself being vulnerable
1: and it did it just grow very organically? Organically, completely. Like at the moment I have 116000 followers, but I've only got 204 posts. As in, I wouldn't be a huge grid poster at all. I kind of keep my grid for if anyone comes onto the page, then it's the truth. And they can read and read and read and read and read. And hopefully something will trigger with them, with stuff like that. So um it grew, like I got very lucky with shout outs, you know, like OH Fitness, Sean O'Hagan. They were all very good to me when they first came across the page. They were like, oh, go follow this girl. And then in January of 2019, so my page would have been about eight months old. I got the wonderful opportunity to go on the Irish uh, talk show, The Late Late Show with Ryan Tuberty. And I remember being like, let's be sure? Like, I'm really not anywhere near my journey. And they were like, no, we find your story incredible. So they'd asked me to go on as a part of like an Operation Transformation Special where I'd be in the audience and they would ask me a question and about how I'm getting on. And I was like, yes, yes, I'll wash your car. Get, I don't care what I have to do. They just get me up there. So there was a pre-interview with the producer beforehand. And we were chatting away. And I suppose I started to, tell, started to tell the story about Danny and stuff. And eventually she was like, oh, my God, this is this is way more than we thought you were. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, "Like this is incredible. Like, you, you're you you're very normal. So she was like, look, let me have a chat. And I'll ring you on Monday. And I was like, get me on that couch. Get me on that couch. <laughs> and then by the Tuesday, I, they rang and they were like, look, we are going to give you a chance. We're going to give you the opportunity to do an interview on the Lele Show. So that, like, I nearly fired my sister off the wall. I was like, Anne-Marie, I'm going on the Lele show. I was like, because so, that was obviously a dream of any Irish child or anyone growing up. It's huge. So I remember that night, I remember I arrived and I was so scared and I was like, this could go wrong. I could slip. You know, people are like, going to say, why is she there? She's really fat. And I remember I was in the green room beforehand and my sister, Julianne had flown in from London and we were chatting and Ryan Tuberty arrived in. And I remember I was like, oh my God, that's Ryan Tuberty. And everyone was like, this is adorable. Because like Liam Cunningham was there Mary Black famous people were there I was like I feel like an intruder and he came directly to me he spoke to no one else and he was like come on out here and I would have a chat with you and he was like you all right and I said I'm nervous and he just said I'm going to give you one thing I'll never mock you I'll never shame you I'll never try and catch you with questions he said I just want to talk to the girls the whole country is talking about and then I said will you do me the phone favor Ryan I said will you make sure that the camera kind of is just kind of a headshot of me and no no kind of real side profiles and he was like absolutely no problem with will that out and he was like why and I was like, look, my stomach. And I said, you know, it's really, really big at the moment because that's the biggest part to me. And, you know, I just maybe in a few months time. And he was like, my darling, he said, that is your USP. That is your unique selling point. Own it, love it and move on. And from that night, I think it all changed me that my Instagram became the exact strutter that I was like, Aaron, there's only a stomach lads we we'll go out the gap. So that's right. I, So we were going out and he was like, do you want to go freestyle or do you want to go scripted? Because you know, obviously you can get the questions beforehand. Yeah. And I was like, come on, we'll do freestyle. And 14 minutes passed and I'll never forget it. As it was finishing up, he was like, you're an inspiration. I told him everything. I told him the good, the bad. You know, I told Ireland, I was single, I didn't care. And I looked up into the audience and every single person was getting to their feet. And I got a standing ovation and he was like, just look on and enjoy this. You deserve it. And then I came off the couch I had 17,000 followers when I sat on it and I came off and I had 28,000 yeah. in a matter of 14 minutes. So it hasn't stopped going since then. But I've been given such wonderful opportunities that sometimes I still don't understand that I'm like, "Let's," well, I'm still fat. Like what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, what? But, but what they keep saying is it's more what you're preaching. It's all about the journey. It's never about the destination.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. It really is. Oh, it was
1: incredible. And I was even on the radio today and I was like, I sent him on a book. And I was like, listen, if you want to give me my restraining order by email or post, I don't mind, right? He was like, you are deaf. I was like, thank you.
0: I love it. No, that's what I want to talk about next is your book. So you actually have written and published a book and it was released last week. was not that right? Last Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So tell us about the book. It's called Trisha's Transformation.
1: Yeah, so as a chef, I have always said I'd love to lose weight, but I never want to lose flavor. That I understand the benefits of the chicken, broccoli and rice, and to be honest, I quite like that food as well, but I know that that's not sustainable for most people. So I wanted to write a book that had recipes that were packed full of flavor, but very little ingredients that you could pick up in your local No, Nothing complicated, because like that, there's no need to overcomplicate weight loss. So I was always on about it. And then Monday, I got an email from Gill Publishing. They were like, look, we are not promising you anything, but would you like to arrange a meeting? So I rang Brian Keen, who I know you're very good friends with. And I was like, yes. Brian, I'm fucking freaking out, boy. And he was like, look, come up to Galway. We'll have a cup of coffee and we'll, we'll go through it. So Brian spent three hours in a coffee shop, convincing me that I had enough value to write a book. So I was like, Brian, thanks, Brian. You're absolutely beautiful. Look at those biceps. I'm off now. Good luck to you. I love so, that about Brian. Oh, I love Brian. He's a good so, soul. He never posted it, never shared it, nothing, but really was like, I really think you should do a book because how many people will you help that are at the zero to one bracket that they don't even know the calorie versus a cupcake? And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. But we'll go for it. Mm. So I met with Gil and they were X, Y, Z. And they were like, look, well, you need to kind of show us why we need to publish your book. And I was like, let's You're after asking me here to the meeting. But while I was at the meeting with Sarah... About seven people approached the table, including one kind of elderly man who said, look, I don't have Instagram, I don't have Facebook, but I remember you off the late late and you were incredible. And then she goes, right, let's get a book on the shelf. So we decided that we would do 50-50 and I would tell my story plus a cookbook. And it was released last Thursday and you have no idea the support, the messages, people saying, oh my God, this finally has answered why I felt like so much shit. So basically I put in exactly how I've lost 100 pounds. But it's not like, because I think, again, you can just go calories and diet on this. But I explained stories. I explained how you can get over certain things. Hurt people will always hurt people. And, you know, if someone has called you fat, just just use the kind of excuse in your head that someone has done that to them. So just stop the cycle, ignore them and move on. So it's got a huge reaction. And people have cried reading the book. They've laughed. And then at the end, they got hope. So that's what I wanted. I, I said, it and I laid everything bare because even when I was sitting on The transcripts, they were like, look, are you sure you want to put that in? That's very detailed. And I'm like, if that was done to me, it has been done to someone else. And if they can pick that up and read that, my job is done. So it has just been incredible.
0: I can't wait to read it. I've asked Courtney, my assistant, to order me a copy, but it hasn't arrived yet with the whole bloody post thing. We only get post- I know twice it's a little a bit of a
1: curveball. I, I, if I was told when I was writing the book that all the bookshops in Ireland would be closed, I'd be like, ugh. Mm, it's a bit you're like, <laughs> yeah. Here, listen, if anyone
0: can launch amidst adversity, it is you i think that you are the queen of overcoming adversity your story is so inspiring it's so wonderful and i'm so happy to have you on here i'm so happy that brian introduced us because it was actually brian keen those of you who listen to this podcast regularly i interviewed brian recently um, on the brian keen podcast and he interviewed me on his actually he interviewed me first and then i interviewed him in return and a lot of people have written to me saying it was one of the favorite our favorite episodes in fact i was lying in the garden um it was actually on my birthday, believe it or not. I was lying in the garden. I was having a glass of champagne and I was texting Brian and I was like, you and I should start a podcast. And he was like, yeah. we really should. I was like, we should start our own podcast, like a separate podcast, because we bounce off each other so well. But anyway, I love Brian and I'm so delighted that he has, um, he has introduced us. But Trisha, I want to ask, just to wrap it up, like what does the future hold for you? Do you have plans for the future or are you just too busy living in the moment to even think about it?
1: I'm starting to kind of make plans for the future because obviously like the world is your oyster. And I think that's for everybody. You don't need to have an Instagram page of 100,000 followers to be like, well, now I can do different things. Like I remember it was said to me years ago by my old uh, principal. And I remember I was like, oh, what an idiot. She's so wrong. Now, she was so right. Now, since she's always saying, I know all the words in the English language and I've studied and I'm an English teacher, et cetera, But this is my favorite saying of it all because it's made up of every word is made up of two letters. And if it is to be, it is up to me. So now I have decided that I want to get into media. I want to get into television. I want to spread the word of all the Transformers. And I know it sounds very cult-like, but I, I want people to know that it's okay. It's just wait. We can fix it. you know. And if I can lead the way, then I'm very, very happy. I just want to continue on being happy. Like if someone had told me two and a half years ago that I would have a book deal, that I'd be talking to the sculpted vegan, the absolute beautiful woman that is, you know what I mean? That someone who I would consider out of my demographic and everything and we wouldn't have the same interest. It's so untrue. We put these labels on each other that it shouldn't be happening, that I would lead the Cork City Marathon for the women, 7,000 women ran behind me in a marathon, that I would be the LD brand ambassador, that I'd be on the Lele later be on radio. I would have thought that person was mocking me. So what I would just say to someone now is if they are struggling, can you imagine who you would be if you just got out of your own way? If I didn't start two and a half years ago, this wouldn't be happening. So I just... All I want to do is continue on being happy and spreading the word that being fat is okay. That I'm not promoting obesity, but I'm just saying that's okay. We'll move on from it and let's get it fixed. Because when you know how good your body feels, it's very hard to go back.
0: Yeah. Well, self-acceptance is key, isn't it? Because if you're denying who you are and where you are in your life, then you, I have a great saying in, in the, um, in one of my groups and I'll say to people, you know, if you are, if you're a, if you're a four, let's say on a scale of one to 10, if you're a four, but you convince yourself that you're a one, or in the opposite direction, if you convince yourself you're better than you are, you know, which we have a lot of sequiturs in the world, you convince yourself you're a seven, you can never move on, but you're not being truthful about who you are. You have to say, I am a four, I own the four, I believe in the four, the four is where I'm at, and then you decide your journey from there. So it's about owning who you are and how you've come to be and where you are in your journey in order to be able to move forward from it, right? I mean, I think that's that's basically what you're saying in many ways. You just have to really be... But ownership is hard, you know, but a lot of people, we don't want to really, truly look at where we are and and how we came to be here, but it's the first step to transformation. Is, you cannot transform it's without it. It is
1: the only way, and it is the only way. You have to stop the blame. Always remember, when you point one finger at somebody else, you're pointing three back at yourself. You need, and yes, people have hurt you. Yes, people mock you. Yes, people judge you. But now own it and let's move on because, you know... We've only one life. And I remember reading a thing that we've 900 months to live. Probably 300 months of those are spent sleeping. A lot of us use about 300 of them already. What are you really going to do? Are you going to waste the last 300? I'm certainly not. And I just think that you have to just give yourself the right to live your best life and not hurt anybody because you just, you can do it. And that's, and like, that's the thing that people, you convince yourself that you can't. You convince yourself, oh, I'll never be a gym. I'll never, God, I wouldn't even know what a squat is. Continue on with that kind of inner talk and you never win. But if you turn and you say, I'm doing what I want to do, and if that involves never squashing or squashing, own it. Just own it.
0: I love it. Trisha, I can see you as a a motivational speaker for sure. I'm actually, I have some ideas of order. We're going to organize some conferences over the next couple of years um, where I'm going to bring together, you know, really it's just about, you know, um, bringing together women who have made huge transformation in their lives and really just trying to harness what that thing is that, you know, has really propelled them into change. So you're on my list, girl. You're on my list. We're going to make that happen. Um, Trisha, where can we buy a copy of the book and where can we find out
1: more about you on the internet? Amazing. So I only have a one page, which is my Instagram page, which is Trish's Transformation. Um, you can buy the book at the moment on Pre on Easton's.ie, and it'll be available in all Irish bookstores from next week. If you're from America, Australia, or anything, it's on bookdepository.com or Amazon. And it's available on the Kindle and stuff like that. And I just hope that, and it's such cliche, if I can help one person, then I'm absolutely delighted. Like, I've never, ever felt as proud. Like, I dedicated the book to my mother, who... I've never seen her look as young in my life. She's like, sure, I have nothing to worry about anymore. Everything else will come on. And that, that's the thing. Don't ever give up hope. If you're alive and above the ground and you're not pushing up those daisies, <laughs> then you still have another chance.
0: Yeah, I agree. Trisha Lewis, you have been an absolute joy. I'm so glad that we did this again, even though the first one yes. never went live because the internet was so bad. Um, but I'm so glad we did this again. I think this was meant to be. The second one was literally, the message is so clear. I think it's going to help so many women who are struggling and men. And we have a lot of men listen to this podcast too. And I really want to thank you for spending your time with me, not only once, but twice, actually. <laughs> and it just you know, being so gracious about it as well. You know, it's, most people have been like, oh, for fuck's sake, she wants me again. You know, like we have to do it again. But, you know, it's been absolutely
1: turning to that person then I'm deleting my page you know people (laughs) give me chances and that's just life and I think for yourself as well like I love I love your message I love what you approach like you approach everything that I'm nearly seeing but you're just in a different body so we catch every avatar that we possibly can but I just think it's incredible Far, I think the message
0: women. is the same. I think the heart is the same. I think that's why we connect so well. Because I loved what you said. Like you know, you were like, oh, I didn't think you know that we, you know, you're you're the sculpted vegan and I'm Trisha and we're doing this or whatever. But like our heart is the same. Our message is the same. We're both Irish, for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so exactly. So like, you know, <laughs> so we, we come from the same place. And I think that that whenever that message and that heart and that that genuine, um, that genuity, is that a word? Can't kind of think. But you know what I'm saying. That genuine spirit. Yeah. I think when that's there, that's that's what connects with people. It doesn't matter whether you're big or small or tall or that you know big tall or small or fat or thin or old or young or whatever it's if it's there it's there and I think that's what people connect to with you and I think that that's what's really going to affect the transformation that you truly want to see in the world and that you're really striving for so thank you for being brave enough to share your message I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you for being brave enough to share your message it really is truly inspirational and I personally wish you all the best for future and I have your number now on whatsapp so I can message you anytime
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I I do I love it. And beat the bulge. That's all yes, I say. Beat, beat the, bulge. the bulge.
0: Okay, guys. Trisha, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely connect on that other venture again in the future and we'll get you up on the stage telling everybody your message. Well, telling people wait. your message. It'll be wonderful. Trisha, thank you so much.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Oh my God, wasn't she absolutely amazing? Like, oh, I just love her. I welled up so many times during that interview. I, My eyes, honestly, I was just like, my heart was like bursting. I could just feel what she had gone through. I could feel the pain. I just, her story resonated with me, with me so deeply as, it hope, as I hope it did you. I can't even speak. I'm like, I'm tripping over my words here. Um, Just absolutely and utterly love Trisha. She's a kindred spirit. We've become firm friends. We message each other on WhatsApp all the time now and I just absolutely adore her and I know that you adored her as much as I did because you know like who, what is not to love about that woman she is just truly spectacular so guys that's it for this week don't forget two things um, 8 Week Butt Camp launches today check out the sculptedvegan.com if you want to join that challenge it starts on the 22nd of June 2020 so if you're listening to this another time then you're too late unfortunately Um, or if you want to win, win a butt camp or any of the other programs that we have in our Sculpted Vegan Suite, simply leave a review on this podcast and we pick the winners every single month of someone who has left a review the previous month, sent me a screenshot of the review on Instagram and you could be the one to win. Guys, thank you so much for your time and attention. Adore every single one of you and I will talk to you next week on another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Take care and goodbye.